I've been listening to a bunch of Wu-Tang lately, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I watched a documentary called Hip Hop Revolution on Netflix. Really, really good. It like made me really understand rap music, I think, and DJs. And I get the whole bass drop thing in dance music now because the whole thing originated by just some dude in a basement in New York trying to get people excited and happy in dancing. If you don't get them dancing, you don't got a good time. Like at a wedding, all you got to do is play the songs that the people want to hear on and then they get out dancing and they're going to have a good wedding. That's rap music. Wu-Tang! Cats. Oh, wait. Emily Hines, the singer from Metric, just texted me. Um, she said a friend of hers just thought of a good song for New Year's instead of all long lang sang or whatever she thought it was about anxiety um, oh so she Emily Hines just sent me a song I'm friends with her I guess because it's a she's in my contacts whatever I'll get to that later now back on to cat poop uh Emily just messaged and said that the cat Keeney pooped on the floor three small dollar ones. And she's not puking. But there was hair in one of the th three balls of poop. Balls of poop. That would be a good band name. I don't think cats have problems with things maybe well I had to pull a string out of her butthole the other day because there was a poop attached to it it's a long string I guess I could have ruined her intestines I'm gonna go check out this Emily Hines song using my headphone microphone I wonder if this sounds much different hello does it sound anything different I don't know what if I do like this that sounds a bit weird reminders via emails uh, you have an updated new Wix plan so go update your zimzimmy.com website while you're doing that, update the EMIZMI website. So let's get that done Saturday. Uh, mail things to Amazon and to Scotty. Do that tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, paint an abstract picture. Here's a thought, something interesting, uh, interesting connection.
I've been binging Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Uh, basically, uh, the guys who made <clears throat> Metal Headbangers Journey, the sort of like the family tree of heavy metal, are produce have did produce uh, something similar for hip hop. Uh, I got to the part. Um, I don't know where I am. Season three, episode like two or something. And they're at Jay Z and they're talking about branding and business and flipping, like just the art of business and trying to be a brand. As simple as it may be, it made me think about all the records that I purchased over the pat the past two years and I'm now selling them individually uh for a elevated price. Like when I buy a record now it's like, do I like this record and can I flip it? Is always sort of a thing. Like I bought a Miles Davis record used uh for forty five bucks which is unheard of at this one record store you don't find a 45 dollar reused record at this one record store um and i was like there's something why is this so much well i actually know that there's another record store that sells used ones and there's like 500 dollar used records or whatever anyways there was this miles davis record on the corner and it was it's a it's a, a master recording press or whatever and it's numbered limited and before i bought it i was like you know i'm really getting into miles davis this is like and really this is one of his iconic albums it's numbered it's a master recording i looked it up and it was on it was going for eighty bucks and more, and I was looking at it. It was in my hands in the store, and it was forty bucks and i'm like i I just have to get it uh I, I, that was a while ago, and it hasn't sold, but I mean it just sort of shows the thought process that maybe in a way that I relate to jay z that you can make a buck off of something. I mean, sometimes, like, I sell something, and then I'm like, Ugh, you know, you find it, kind of feel attached to it a bit. Like, uh, why am I selling this? But there's a bunch in here. I'm like, man, if, if somebody's going to pay me this much for it, then I'll get rid of it. Like, this limited part, limited edition perturbator box it vinyl thing I have and I have it on up for sale for like double of what I paid for it and I'm like man if it's like nobody is gonna pay for this but if somebody offers me that much I'll sell it I feel like there's other albums that I've sold that I'm like 
Maybe it was the Tomahawk album. The Mike Patton Tomahawk album. Which I put up and I'm like, this is a really good album, but if someone wants to pay me for this. And and they did. And I sold it. And a few months later, I was like, oh, crap, there's a box that, you know, I, I wanted it back. So I had to, I think that's what I really, that one, selling that one really made me think about. really started to make me think about um, being more cognizant of what I was selling and what I was keeping. But I did find a rare sealed knife, the knife record. uh, Brand new, but it was an older version, an original version. And I was going for a hundred bucks online, but it was brand new in the store, sealed thirty bucks. Hopefully, it was a. Hopefully, I just sold another print, and really, I can buy it back for cheaper than I sold it. But looking online, I'm paying more than what I sold it for to buy it. Anyway, the point of all this, I wanted to... So one of the things about branding, Jay-Z always talked about branding. Because companies were making money off him because he was getting so big. Like Adidas and Nike because they were wearing all his clothes. So they're like, shit, it's like they're making money off us. Let's just start our own clothing line. I mean, that doesn't... It's not really my point but it's just that sort of business sense well one thing that uh, Emily and I she came up with the idea and we've been doing it ever since is when we when these records get sold she or I hand paint the uh record or the um, hand paint the uh, album uh, the mailing box the packaging we hand paint it anyway this guy wrote something really crazy oh he wrote this He just got his record today. He bought uh, Anna von Hauswolf album, which was one of, when I first started collecting records two years ago, this was like, I think my first record I bought off of Bandcamp. And it was just sort of a whim. Well, I heard, I listened to a little bit of it on Bandcamp and it was, and then, and then I was just like, oh, okay, well, this probably sound good on vinyl. And anyway, I was like, I don't listen to it very much. Just get rid of it. Like, I can't really hold, this is just material stuff. But if you're able to flip it, because, I mean, what's going to happen? This is just things. 
if I want to listen to a rec- something, an album, I can listen to it any which way I want. This is just sort of a collection for who knows what. Anyway, Sky got his record today, and he wrote me this message. He says, wow, what an amazing package. I actually had no idea what I had ordered from Canada. So I opened it, and the letter was first. In it, the album was revealed, at which point I audibly gasped. Anna is so sacred. Yeah, so then in all my excitement, I'm so whacked with the weight of I'm holding a really cool piece of art that has magically appeared in my hands. Wow, what a, wow, that was cool. As soon as my sad, as soon as my sad Eno Morricone uh, soundtrack ends, I'll get to Dead Magic. Dead Magic, which is the album, the uh, Anna von Hauswolf album that he bought off me. It completes my Anna collection, which has been difficult to obtain. It's no wonder it comes from people like you and your girl. From one coast to another, and I apologize for my country's behalf. Because, well, this guy's from America. I, I think I sent it to, like, Illinois or something he's from. I can't remember. Something like that. You made my night. I'm saving the mailer, he says. But she's making, you just, you know... Doing a painting on a box. Yes, it takes time, but the painting is fun. And, I mean, people are, they buy something from you. And they're like, whoa, that's, what the hell? Something, you're just doing something they're not expecting. In a simple thing, a simple transaction of buying a record off of somebody. I'm not a big store. I'm just a guy in a, an apartment selling some records. Because I buy too much. It was this one guy who was pissed. It was a, the very first Bolt Thrower album. He was upset. At first, but he was... Uh, I think. I think... Well, okay, let me... His the, his record came and there was paint actually on the record. Somehow I got record on it. So he says, hey man, I appreciate the record. Love the artwork on the packaging, packaging but unfortunately got some paint on the top left corner of the, the album cover. So then Buddy like, so maybe, so okay, so yes, I fucked up. Um, and maybe if I didn't paint it, he'd be pissed. But because of the letter I sent, I sent and I always send a letter, handwritten letter within the packages, and you know you got the 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 painted album or the painted boxes. Maybe that softened his sort of anger at the fact that there was a, some paint on his record. So I asked him, like, can you send a picture of this, of the paint? Because I'm trying to, like, rack my brain. I'm like, how did paint get on it? And uh, 
So he sends a picture, and I was like, okay. And it was just a little bit, so I, I did a little reappraisal of what that album would be worth with like a... I, I visually graded the sleeve. The media, the, the media meeting the um, the record itself was like near mint, but the sleeve has now been a bit damaged. So then I repriced it at what it would be from like a near mint sleeve to a good sleeve. So I ended up giving him like a fifteen bucks back of off of what he did. And uh, he was just like, you know, he's like, you know, uh, everything you did is like really good and keep keep doing what you're doing. It's a, He's like, it's just an unfortunate mistake and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's really cool. I don't know, all that's got to be worth something, right? I'm trying to... F- Bigger stuff, but like I have a bunch of thoughts, but then I go to activate the said thoughts, and then I don't remember what the thoughts were or the ideas. I just did a thing. I was like, okay, I need to do that, and then do that next. But now I'm sitting here. I did one thing and now I'm like, what was the thing I was supposed to do next? All in the vein. No, that's the wrong word. All in the... um, All in the effort to postpone the things I really do need to be doing. Those ones are more clear to me. All right, that's my answer. Everyone's just trying to do things that already exist. Because all of their ideas are based on things that already exist rather than following their true intuition of here's an idea what is this I don't understand what the shape of this idea is is it a circle or is it a square or is it a triangle I don't know but if you just follow it Rather than to say, oh, uh, a triangle is popular right now, then let's go uh, create ketchup Doritos because Doritos is triangles. It's not necessarily a rebellion against things that are existing right now but yet that is a good sort of thing to motivate you to push against a movement and to create some originality 
don't know. Just hold true, I guess. As much as people don't like what you're doing or don't understand what you're doing, just hold true and try. Experiment. Experiment and try. If you like it, it's all that matters. If you get the reaction you want, that uh, is also uh, also works. Oh, I was probably drinking when I recorded that. I think that makes sense of what I was talking about. I understood it. I had a flat tire the other day. Well, currently. It's got, it seems like it's got a nail in the tire, whatever. It's holding air, but it's leaking. I'm not a big, big fix it guy of vehicles but I know how to do a couple things I don't know how to change the oil so I guess I'm like an, not even an amateur when it comes to car stuff I know things but I don't know how to do things if that makes sense so I don't know how to patch the tire so I called okay tire because it's like a 10 minute walk from my place Made an appointment to get the tire fixed, if it can be fixed. Appointment for was was for this morning, 9 a.m. I drive to the tire place. I pull up, park, walk in. And I say, I got an appointment for nine o'clock, bring the torrent in, last name Zimmer. It's like, oh, when did you make the appointment? He's looking at his computer. It's like, oh, I don't see it here. And I look around in this little shop and I'm like, see all the signs for Midas. I'm like, Midas? Oh no, I need okay tire, oh man. And then at that point I realized as I was thinking it, he was saying, okay, tire is next door. So I walked out, got in my vehicle, drove next door, which they share the same parking lot. I wanted to maybe afterwards, I maybe wanted to ask him if that has ever happened before. But in some ways, I kind of hope I was the only person that has ever gone into Midas thinking I was going into OK Tire. The stores look different. They're actually separate buildings, but they do share a parking lot.
I wonder how to get smarter.